everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Gluck, and today it's a 12 questions version of the podcast with Brett Moffitt, who just wrapped up a two-race stint for BK Racing and made a start at Iowa Speedway for GMS Racing in the Xfinity Series before that, but doesn't currently have a ride, and it's kind of a shame, honestly. That's kind of one one reason I want to put the spotlight on Brett Moffitt this week, because the guy wins 2015 Rookie of the Year in the Cup Series. Now, granted, it wasn't as strong of a class as it has been the last couple of years, but he still, uh, you know, was a young driver coming in the sport, and he wasn't able to find anything for the next year. So, on a part-time schedule, I think just six truck races in 2016, he uses one of those opportunities to go out and win the truck race at Michigan, and he was able to parlay that into what seemed like a full-time ride with Red Horse Racing in the Truck Series starting this year. Well, after only five races, when Brett Moffitt was 10th in the point standings, Red Horse shut down, and he was once again left without a ride until recently when he had the aforementioned Xfinity start and the two cup starts, which just wrapped up last week at Michigan. So hopefully Brett will end up with an opportunity that gets him in a car more often but for now, I uh, took advantage of his limited time at the track to interview him for this week's 12 questions. All right, everybody, I'm here with Brett Moffitt. And Brett, uh, the first question is, how much of your success is based on your natural ability and how much has come from working at it? Um, I would say up until I got to the cup level, um, most of it was natural ability because it was all short track racing. I didn't really race any truck races or Xfinity races, so it was all just short track run as fast as you can and you know win the race and um after i got to the cup level it's mentally a lot more challenging and i'd say that's the biggest part i had to work at was just mentally how to break a race down and and not get mentally exhausted by the end of the race and um just know what strategy you're on and everything like that so i would say at this level it's it's probably 70 percent talent 30 percent work so Jeff Gordon, Tony Stewart, Carl Edwards, now Dale Jr. have all either retired or are retiring um, in the next year. What's uh, your pitch for fans of theirs to become a fan of yours? <laughs> um, I don't know. I would say I, I need to get a full-time ride here first. But, um, you know, if I guess if you like me, that's great. And if not, I mean, everyone has opinions. So um, I don't really have a pitch, but I'm just always going to be myself. And um, if you like it, awesome. How is the search for a ride in general coming? Like, do you just have to bide your time? Do you make phone calls? Like, how do you how do you work on that? Uh, it's all of the above, you know. Um, starting the year out with Red Horse Racing, which was going to be a really great opportunity for me. Uh, I was really heartbroken when that fell through. Um, you know, I felt like it was finally I'm in good equipment and we can make something out of this. And um, so it's been tough, uh, but I guess everything happens for a reason, and, and that light came at the end of the tunnel last week getting to run the Xfinity race for GMS, and now these next two weeks running back in the Cup Series for BK Racing. So, um, But, yeah, it's you're making phone calls, trying to stay in front of team owners and, and crew chiefs all you can. Uh, what's the hardest part of your job away from the racetrack? <laughs> Finding a job. <laughs> um, yeah, for me, it's it's trying to stay in a seat. You know, I don't have a bunch of money I can bring to the table, and um, I need to make a living doing this. So 
it's uh it's really hard just to i guess to keep composure through all this and and not let your emotions get the best of you and um you know just trying to stay relevant is it tough to like staying patient like that watching races sitting on your couch at times oh it's extremely hard you know it's um it's so hard that i talk to a lot of people and they're like yeah we really want you here but we would need some backing to do it and um, so it's, it's just tough. It's, uh, I want to be out there racing every chance I get, whether it's trucks, Xfinity or cup. And, um, you know, that's why I'm just super excited for this month, getting to race at least three times. That's, uh, that's a, my birthday's Monday. So I guess this is a good birthday month. So, um, yeah, it's hard to watch. So let's say a fan spots you eating dinner. You're out in a nice restaurant. Should they come over for an autograph or no? I'm all about it. Yeah. Bring me a beer, maybe. I'm good with that. <laughs> I'll trade you a Bud Light for some uh, some talking time. That seems like a pretty fair trade. I'm good. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you, I mean, no, but even if you don't, I'm good with it. You know, it's uh, that's why we do this sport. We're we're entertainers, and um, you know, I think I would be honored to have people come up to me and ask me for my autograph. What's a story in NASCAR that doesn't get enough coverage? Oh, that's tough. Um, I really like what they're doing with all the um, all the pit crew guys now and kind of spotlighting them because they are extremely good athletes. Um, you know, I would just say people don't realize, you know, how much work truly goes into it, I guess. Um, you know, and especially for these smaller teams, they have a quarter of the employees and they still have to run the same 36 races that everyone else does. So, um, you know, just, just to see all these teams work with limited people is, is pretty amazing. Who is the last driver you texted? Um, that one, it's actually my hero, Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he was silly enough to give me his phone number for some reason. And, uh, so anytime I have a question about a track or anything, uh, I tend to lean on him first cause he's always been nice enough to respond. So I guess I'm not too much of a nuisance yet, but, um, yeah, I've always looked up to him. And, and so I asked him actually, you know, what the shift points were cause I've never been here in a cup car. And, uh, he was gracious enough to tell me what he does and, he said, I can't promise you that with the new package, but that's what I've been doing, and I'll let you know if anything changes. So totally open book from what you could tell? Yeah, as far as I can tell, unless he's holding out on me, which I don't, I don't think he is because we're not in the same caliber stuff right now. So, yeah. well, That's pretty cool. Um, do you consider race car drivers to be entertainers? I think you just said that you do. I do. Um, you know, I think we're... We're definitely a sport, but at the same time, it needs to be an entertaining sport. Um, you know, I, I think statistically we're the second biggest sport in the country. Um, and I think that's, uh, you know, you're not going to compete with the NFL, at least in my mind. They play how many X amount of games a week and everyone's got a hometown city. But, um, yeah, I think we're entertainers and it's our job to go put on a good show. And, um, you know, I like the drivers that are starting to have more personality outside of the car, too, and not just being the robot of thank the sponsors and everyone had a good day and holding your tongue. Where um, I think that in Monster helped influence that, where the more you speak out and the more rivalries, I think it's going to be better. Yeah, that'd be good for me as well. Um, <laughs> what is your middle finger policy on the racetrack? Um, I've given it a few times. I've gotten it a lot. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's... Um, there's different ways of going about it, I guess. You know, it's uh, – I don't necessarily mean it like, hey, F you, but I mean it like, dude, cut me a break next time. Or, you know, it's – some people will race you way harder than they need to for a spot or make it harder to lap them for a spot. And, um, you know, it's – I'll use it every now and then, but I try not to. What's your reaction when you – when somebody does it to you? I normally laugh. Um, 
most of the time I know when I'm going to get it. And then if I don't get it, I'm kind of surprised. So I laugh a little bit, but I don't know. It's, you know, when you're kind of expected to get it and when you're not. So some drivers keep a payback list for negative reasons. Do you have a list at all for positive reasons? Like if somebody does cut you a break on the track? Yeah, for sure. Um, it all boils down to respect. And uh, if I respect a driver, I'm going to, you know, not give him as hard of a time probably racing him. And um, unless it's the last few laps, but if it's early in the race, you know, it's it's not worth slowing us both down. And also the opposite of that, if, if someone comes down on your door every corner and um, I mean, I've had guys point me to the bottom and then get on my door. It's like, well, if you take all the air off me, I can't pass you. So there's definitely that list of how you race people and, um, you know, racing the Xfinity race last week. I hadn't raced with many of those people, so I had to kind of learn that real quick. But, um, you know, the more you race around people, you kind of just have that, okay, he's going to race me like this. I'm going to race him like this and so on. Who's the most famous person you've had dinner with? Uh, I don't know. Um, I always joke around about this. The most famous person I know is Simon Pagano's dog. So <laughs> I guess we've had dinner at his house a few times. So probably Simon or his dog. I hope you had different food at least. <laughs> we did. Well, he gives Simon's or he gives his dog some steak every now and then. So, uh, yeah, we, he normally cooks a good dinner for us. That's classy. What is something about yourself you'd like to improve? Um, man, I don't know. I guess uh, lately I've tried to open up more and be more myself and um you know i'd like to keep improving along that and um just keep learning you know it's it's good to be an opportunity in the place to learn and um i would like to get back to a place where i'm consistently at the track and consistently in a car and uh just able to keep growing my knowledge so um i used i ask uh each driver a question for the next guy and last week was johnny Sauter. he didn't uh know it was you specifically but his question was um, if you weren't pursuing racing, what career would you be pursuing? Oh man, I was ready for Blake Cooks for some reason. I thought that was the last one. <laughs> that was the last one I, I published. So you, you, you can answer that too, if you want. Uh, no, no, I'll go Johnny's. Um, I would say, uh, you know, my dad grew up home building in Iowa and I was around that a lot. So I would say if I was not in racing, I would probably be in the lines of being a general contractor or something like that. Did you ever have, uh, like, did you help Matt on that kind of stuff? Every now and then, I would uh, if I was home, I would drive his truck around because he used to have to run from job site to job site, from house to house all day. So I would I would drive along with him and uh, try to pick up on a little bit of it. So I don't know who the uh, next interview is going to be with, but do you have a question I could ask the next guy? Oh, um, man, I didn't think about this part. I would say, has anyone asked whiskey or beer? I don't think anybody has asked whiskey or beer. No. I would say the next driver, if... Um, are they a whiskey or beer drinker and why? Okay. That's, yeah, that's good. I'd be interested to know that too. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> no problem. Thank you. All right, everybody. So there you have it. Uh, Brett Moffat, obviously fun guy, fun personality, and someone who would, I think, add to NASCAR if he was around again on a regular basis, especially, you know, in a time when NASCAR is looking for personalities right now. I have some shout outs to give. For patrons who are supporting the podcast, and I really appreciate that. This week, the shout-outs include Susan Beiser, Dylan Gooden, Jeff Brown from Fantasy Deegans, Kimberly Lewis, and Jeff Miller, who spells his name with a G, but I won't debate him on the correct spelling of Jeff because I was always somewhat self-conscious about how to spell Jeff after I saw that Jeffrey the Giraffe, the Toys R Us Giraffe, also spelled his name with a G. And I was like, oh, does that mean that my name is spelled wrong? 
with a J. So, Jeff, I'll let you have the G with no protest. Coming up on the next episode of the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast, it's a social spotlight interview with Australian V8 supercar driver Scott McLaughlin, who drives for Penske, and so he was at Watkins Glen, and I got to talk to him about some of the differences of using social media um, in the Australian racing ranks as opposed to NASCAR. So stay tuned to that. Thanks as always for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the Untitled Jeff Gluck Podcast.